0: All right, today we're continuing our series on reroute your thinking. This is a series we've been in for about maybe a month and a half and uh, rerouting our thinking is the first step in RELATE and RELATE is actually an acronym. It's not just the name of our church. RELATE is an acronym. Uh, So the first step in RELATE is reroute my thinking and if we would just do this step, it's amazing how There's some seats right up here, Rose. Great, great. Good to see you all this morning. Glad you guys made it. Uh, The first step is reroute my thinking and that's how we get started into the process of doing relationships God's way. God has to live forever, right? He has not a choice and that means God has to do things right. Otherwise, he's going to regret his life and You know, I mean, he's he's going to do things right. So guess what? If God's going to do things right and we learn how to do it God's way, we're going to do things right too. And our relationships will be better. It doesn't mean that everybody else is doing it right. It just means we're going to get through this life doing it the best way that we can God's way. And so that's what we're trying to work on here. Reroute your thinking. So today our, our topic is making a change for the better. Some of you are one change away from God moving in your life in a big way. One change. One change away from God moving in your life in a big way. What would that change be? Why aren't you doing it? Is it that you don't believe? Well, let's talk about it. You see, God is a good father. He's a loving father. A good father rewards his children along the way, right? Good fathers bless their children along the way. But when a child is heading the wrong direction, a good father withholds the blessing. Why? Because the good father wants the child to turn and come the right direction. He's a good father. God will never stop inspiring you to be better, to live better, and to love more. He will never stop inspiring you to do that. And the scripture says that one of the requirements for having a good relationship with God is this. He says, Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. All right, so that's a good first step. That's faith. Believe that he exists, right? And that he, and here's the second step, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you believe God rewards those who earnestly seek him? And when you do believe that, what do you do? Well, you will do whatever it takes to receive his reward. Pavlov's dog, right? Do whatever it takes to receive the reward. And when we learn the things that God says, I will reward you for, then we'll do those things. But you have to believe that he rewards, otherwise you won't do those things. I recently got a, a GM card, rewards card, right? GM I read up on it. It was like, man, we'll give you this many points if you spend this much money and in, in all these different places. And we'll give you this many points if we if you spend this money at, at a General Motors place and, and you buy parts or whatever. We'll give you points for it. I thought, well, okay, well I could, I could use that all throughout the week. I could get my free oil changes because of this. And and I just, you know, I thought, okay, this is a good way to generate that. So the first month, just just over the last month and a half, the first month I got the statement through my email and I opened up the account and it was like 219,000 points in my account. That's almost $2,200. I was like, whoa, this is awesome. That's reward, right? So I started telling everybody about it and I ordered some tires. I needed some tires, so I ordered some tires. And then a couple of weeks later, I got an email from them saying, whoops, we made a mistake in your account. (laughs) And they took about 200,000 points away. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still waiting to hear from them on it. (laughs) They're not good rewarders, right? I called Goldman Sachs. I said, man, I thought you guys were top of the line. What happened here? Oh, that wasn't our fault. That was, you're connected. I don't know. God has a better reward system than this world could ever imagine. And you better believe you can count on God to reward you. You can count on it. God sees what you do To accommodate for him living in your life. And God will reward you for that. When you decide, I want to get to know who he is. What he likes and what he doesn't like. And I want to accommodate for him living inside of me. You better believe God has a great reward system for that. And he will reward you for it. God wants you to believe that he's going to reward you. Let that sink in. He wants you to believe he is a good rewarder. He will reward you for living with him and for him. To earnestly seek God. What does that mean? God, what do you want? God, what do you like? What don't you like? Come on, you remember when you met your spouse, right? You wanted to get to know who they were. What they like and what they don't like. You wanted to be able to do the things for them that they like. And you would start doing those things. Oh, she likes flowers. I'm going to buy her flowers. Oh, he likes chocolate. I'm going to buy him chocolate. Oh, he likes this and that. He doesn't like this or she doesn't like this. And you stay away from that. You're trying to what? Accommodate for that person being in your life. And then after you get married, you're like, I don't care what they like. (laughs) And then you get divorced, Right. So when you earnestly seek God, you're looking for the things that will accommodate for him in your life. And you want to have this deeper and better relationship. That's what it means to earnestly seek God. Is to earnestly seek a way to have that relationship with him. Many people believe he exists. Right? The scripture says even the devil believes he exists. So the first part of that scripture says, you know, you've got to believe that he exists. Otherwise, you can't even begin to please God. But then it comes to this second part and says, God won't reward you just because he exists. He will reward you because you earnestly seek him. Even the devil believes he exists. You know, so many people are gathered in church this morning and they're probably sitting there wondering, why isn't God blessing me? Why isn't God rewarding me? And the truth is they probably don't believe he will reward them because you can sit in church and you can believe God exists, but it's got to be more than that. All right, you guys are onto this. Let's just go to lunch. This is great. <laughs> that was an awesome response. So the truth is, God wants to reward you. And here's how you can do that. Here's how you can receive that. Make a change for the better. No matter how good you believe you are today, no matter how many changes you've already made, God wants to reward you more. And the more changes you make to accommodate for him being in your life, the more reward you get. Maybe there's something that you need to stop doing that God doesn't like. What would that be? What would that be? Something unhealthy, something selfish. Maybe it's how you're working in a relationship. Maybe it's a destructive relationship thing that you're doing. Maybe it's a relationship that you know God doesn't want you to have. Maybe it's somebody in your life that you need to put out because it's not healthy. It's not good. Maybe it's something that uh, a place that you go that you shouldn't go. What is it that you're doing that maybe God is saying, you need to stop doing that to accommodate for me to be in your life? All throughout the Bible, there are stories and writings to help us find out what God doesn't like. And if you're, in, if you're interested in knowing the things that God doesn't like, you can read the scripture and you can read the stories. There's tidbits, there's, there's hints, there's things in there. But then there are also these scriptures that are just blatant. God hates this or God doesn't like this. Because it's a relationship that God is looking for. He wants us to search the Bible. He wants us to find the things that are blatant, but also the things that are just, okay, oh, wow. Look at what he did in this relationship here. Why did he do that and try to understand who he is and what he likes and doesn't like? So I want to read a few scriptures here that show you some things that are just blatant. These are things that God doesn't like. Um, Proverbs chapter six, there are six things that the Lord hates seven that are an abomination to him. That's a, a form of poetry there. One haughty eyes. Y'all know what that looks like, right? Haughty eyes. Don't do that. If you look proud. (laughs) No, you guys know what it's talking about. Somebody that, that walks with pride, right? A lying tongue, a lying tongue. And hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that make haste to run to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies. And one who sows discord among brothers. You ever seen that? Somebody, why did John say that? Why is John wearing a shirt that has letters on it? How could you be offended by this? Right? You guys make me great, right? The better you are, the better I'm going to be. But someone who sows discord and they say stuff and they do stuff that's negative and why are they why are they not having Christmas service? Nobody's doing that here, thank the Lord. I'm just trying to stop it before it starts. So. God hates those things. Let that sink in. God hates these things so i don't want to do these things why because i love him now am i guilty of them Pfft. but that's where we go back and we make it right and we we do our best to repent right psalm chapter 5 the boastful shall stand shall not stand before your eyes you hate all heevil, evildoers. doers god hates it when we do evil Isaiah chapter 61, for the Lord, for I, the Lord love justice. God is communicating something he loves here. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense. What does that mean? He's going to compensate us based upon what we do and don't do. He's going to compensate us. He says, if you, if you commit robbery or do wrong, I will compensate you for that. What does the new Testament say about that for the wages of we get compensated for these things. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9-10 through 10, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And then he goes into some things that God doesn't like. Do, do not be deceived, he says. You'll be tricked into believing these things are okay. But God doesn't like these things. He says neither the sexually immoral. That means even if we think about it according to Jesus, right? That's why we need the blood of Christ in our lives. But he says if you get saved and you continue to just say these things are okay and you continually live with these things in your life... and you don't make things right when you do these things and walk in the, in the grace and mercy of God and, and all of that. He says, we're in trouble. He says, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God if you continually say these things are okay. Because God doesn't like these things. He says, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greed, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. There's a list, right? You see, God's word is full of things for you to look and see and to understand about him. Why doesn't God like these things? Because he's some cosmic killjoy? Does he have some phobia? No. He doesn't like them for this very same reason you and I shouldn't. Because they hurt people. They destroy our lives. They destroy our families. They separate. They bring division. That's why. It has nothing to do with being mean. That's why why sin is sin. Because it hurts people. And that's it. And here's how you know if you're growing in a relationship with him. You begin to say the same thing about sin that God says. You begin to say the same thing about those things that he doesn't like that he says. But for the right reason. Not because you're trying to hate people or hate yourself. Because you're trying to love people and you're trying to love yourself. That's what God is. He's love. Paul wrote this. He said, let love be genuine. How do you do that? Abhor evil. Hold fast to what is good. What is he saying? Say the same thing that God says about the bad and about the good. Say the same thing. Uh, David wrote this. Therefore, I consider all your precepts to be right, God. I hate every false way. What is he saying? God, I have decided that what you hate, I'm going to hate, and what you love, I'm going to love. And he said this this also in Psalm chapter 26. I hate the assembly of evildoers and I will not sit with the wicked. What is he saying? He's saying when people get together and do bad things, I hate that kind of a gathering. I decide that I will not participate in that, right? So why would God hate these evil behaviors? Because they hurt, because they destroy, because they they don't build up. They bind us. They trap us. We get addicted to things. And John the Apostle said it this way. He said, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. He's saying, if we say that all of this is okay, then we're lying to ourselves and we're not practicing the truth. And what are we doing? We're not paying attention to what God likes and doesn't like. And when you have God living inside of you, what happens when you experience yourself going going into one of these situations or what happens when you participate in these these kinds of things? What happens? You feel guilty. Do you know why you feel guilty? Because Because you are guilty. Because he's he's convicting us, right? Why would he convict us? Why would he make me feel bad for doing something that that is destructive and horrible? (laughs) Because he doesn't want me to destroy my life. And he doesn't want me to hurt others. That's not rocket science, is it? And when you believe he's a rewarder, what do you do? You earnestly seek God. God, you don't like this Okay, I want to accommodate for you living in my life. And you'll have better relationships. And you'll have peace in your life. Maybe there's something in your life that you need to start doing that God likes. The scripture is full of the things that God likes as well. So many people come to God and say, okay, God, I believe in you. I believe you exist. But fail to... Flip the switch to to earnestly seek him by doing what God loves. There are things that God really likes. There are things that God really loves that we do. And and what happens is people come to Christ and they start gritting their teeth. Okay, I'm going to stop doing the things that God hates. That's all I hear about are the things that God hates. Right? (laughs) Right? And they grit their teeth. And before you know it, they've gotten angry. They're just frustrated because they're trying to stop sinning. When God says, wait a second, you've got to do more than just that. You've got to fill your life with the stuff that I want you to do. I don't want you to just stop sinning. I want you to enjoy your life and your life to become full of good things. And with that, people never, never enjoy their relationship with him. They get frustrated and angry. They never make a change for the better. They they never start building their life in Him. They never start experiencing the rewards of a relationship with God. And God wants to reward you. And if you'll earnestly seek Him and begin to accommodate for the things He doesn't like and the things that He does like, He will reward you. That's exciting, isn't it? You see, God doesn't just want to not punish you. God wants to reward you. God doesn't just want to save you from hell. He wants to give you heaven. God doesn't want you to go through this life just aimless. He wants you to go through this life with purpose, with meaning, and adventure. He said, I will give you a full life. Good things to do in your life. And when you begin to love God and love the things that God loves and do the things that God loves doing, your life becomes full. You've got to reroute your thinking, make a change for the better. The Bible is full of this kind of information, as I said. What are some things that God loves? Well, let's look at just a few scriptures. And and remember, there's tidbits, there's in the stories, you'll find the things that God loves, the things that God likes. But here are some scriptures that are just blatant, all right? First, God loves the world. John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world, read it with me, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God wants you to love the world, not in a way that you become the world, But in a way that you're willing to do what he did. Lay down your life so that they would be saved. That's what, listen, that's what God loves. And this is something you can do. And what will happen when you do it? He rewards you. Do you believe that? He wants you to join him in loving the world. Laying down our lives for them. What else does God love? Sinners. Sinners. Everybody say that with me because we need to love sinners, right? How many of you are sinners? So we need to love one another, but we also need to love the world that doesn't participate in this, right? Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. This is one of the most beautiful. You need to memorize this, this passage, if you would. Different, maybe a different version. I've got, I think this is King James or something that I put in here. But God commendeth his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That word is translated and I think the NIV demonstrated, God demonstrated his love for us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What does that mean to you? died for you while you were still a sinner. That's beautiful. That's what he does. That's what he did for us. God loves his followers. God loves his followers. John 16:27 For the father himself loveth you because ye have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. Father loves you because you love me. God loves those who love him. Proverbs eight seventeen. I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. I love those that love me. You want to be rewarded by God? Love him. Why isn't God rewarding me? Why isn't God blessing me? Love him. Choose to love him, right? God loves those who keep His commands. Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse nine. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Jesus said, "This is how I know who loves me is they they keep my commands." He said, "If you love me, you'll obey me." That's what Jesus said. And so God loves those who love Him. Isn't that awesome? He doesn't just love the enemies. He loves us. And don't you know he's able to reward us? Why? Because we're moving in the right direction in life. And that's so important. Jesus said that he knows who loves him. This is all about loving God. And the life that you live is a direct reflection of your love for him. The things that you stop doing and the things that you start doing are a direct re- reflection of your relationship with him. Another one, the Lord loves justice. Psalm 37, 28. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. He loves when we do things right. Psalm eleven, seven. For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. What is he saying? He's saying he loves when you do things right. He even when it hurts, especially when it hurts, God loves when you do things right, even when it hurts. And when you pay what you owe or you make something right that is wrong, when you give someone their due, when you take justice and do something with it, when you make things right, when you're honest, when you're faithful, when you do right, even when it hurts, God pays attention to that and he will reward you. That's awesome. Here's another one. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God wants to reward you abundantly. God will bless you abundantly. So all throughout Scripture, we have, we have these stories. and We have all of these Scriptures and more. This is just the tip of the iceberg for us to explore, for us to get to know who He is, what He likes and what He doesn't like, and us to begin to accommodate for Him in our lives. You are one change away from God's reward. What could change today? What change could happen in your life that could open up the floodgates of heaven for you? You see, God doesn't want you to just stop sinning. God wants you to start doing something for him. God doesn't want you to just stop destroying the kingdom of heaven. He wants you to start building the kingdom of heaven. God doesn't want you to just stop destroying your relationships. God wants you to start building greater relationships. Do you see it? God doesn't want you to just stop being negative and and be believing the worst and not trusting in him. God wants you to go to the next step and believe that good is good again. Do you remember when you were a kid and you believed in Christmas? Remember? You'd lay in bed at night and you'd visualize Rudolph going across the sky. Do you remember that good feeling that you would get? You didn't want to let go of that feeling. And when someone finally told you, my brother, (laughs) when someone finally told you, you didn't want to let go of that feeling. You know, that's that feeling was given there. So that you could sit and dream of the ideal of God. Who he is only it's all real, right? So that you could visualize God. The ideal of heaven. The ideal of his reward, the ideal of his vision and plan coming together. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. God wants you to believe in the good. And he wants you to participate in it. I don't know about you, but it's too easy to become nihilistic these days. Just say, uh, oh, they took my 200,000 points away. <sighs> nothing is worth living for anymore. <laughs> now i got to pay for my tires. It's just so easy to just, nothing matters, everything's bad. People keep cutting me off. Nobody's doing good. God wants you to believe in good again. Look around you right now. This is good. This is good. These people are trying. These people are trying to love God. They're trying to love each other. Trying to serve him. good it's good in the Bible I want to close with this today in the Bible there's a story of a widow and a single mom mean, she's a single mom she was broke and broken her husband had died the money was gone she was alone trying to survive and she's down to her last few ounces of flour and oil The prophet Elijah was in another town. And God told Elijah, I want to do something for this lady. And what's interesting is God communicated to Elijah, I've already told her. That she's going to need to feed you when you come. There's going to be a man that comes and you're going to need to feed him. I've already told her this. So I want you to go to her town and I want you to, to find her and I want you to see what I'm going to do. God had a plan to help her. But you see, God's way of rewarding somebody, God's way of blessing somebody is that they have to do something. You have to do something of faith first. You have to seek him earnestly for him to reward you, for him to bless you. Whether you agree with that or not doesn't matter. That's the way he does it. He's always looking for ways to inspire you to be better, to do better, to love more. And his reward system is based upon your steps of faith. You doing something. That's the way God works. Are we okay with that? Whether you are or not, I don't care. It's just the way it is. I'm here to tell you. I'm the mailman. This is the way he does it. Okay. You see, God always has an Elijah coming to us. God always has some way for us to take a step of faith so that he can reward us. If you've got a need, look around for a step of faith. You take a step of faith, God is able to reward, he's able to bless. And when you believe he rewards. Then you're going to see it. And I. Honestly, I don't know if it's going to be in this life, but ultimately we have to believe in that ultimate reward. Right. That's ultimate belief. That's storing up treasure in heaven. But he always has a test to see if you'll be able to please him and love him. That's interesting that when God told Elijah this, he said, I've directed a widow there to supply you food. God had already told her so that she would have some hope. But when you read this passage, and I'll read it in just a moment, she comes across as very nihilistic. She comes across as somebody that's just defeated. But there's a step of faith that if you read it and pick up on it, it's interesting. You see, God was offering her an opportunity to make a change that she needed to make. And that change that she needed to make in order to receive his blessing and to receive his reward was what? I'm going to get my eyes off of me and I'm going to feed somebody else. I'm going to forget about my need. I'm going to forget about my son's need and I'm going to feed somebody else. I've only got a a few ounces of flour and a few ounces of oil, but I'm going to feed somebody else. God said, this is what I need to do. That was the change she needed to make. Elijah met the woman at the city gate. Now that is so interesting because that's where the guests would come in town and that's where people would go. If they've got room in their house, they could go and they could wait for the guests to come into town and offer them a place to sleep. If it was a good town, that's the way they would treat them. Well, she went to the city gate and she was gathering some wood to make a fire so that she could bake the last cake of bread and, and use the last bit of oil to make that bread with, for her son and her. And she's like, we're going to die after that. Very, very negative, very nihilistic. Difficult situation, but I know there was a step of faith here. Why? She was at the city gate. Surely there were twigs somebody somewhere by her house. Right? But she went all the way to the city gate to gather twigs. Why? Because God had said, there's a guy that's going to be coming and you need to feed him. So in her negative spirit, in her negative attitude, she still took a step of faith and she said, I'm going to go there to the city gate and maybe this guy's going to show up. Man, that's huge. So she did. And guess what? Elijah showed up. Could it be that God has told you a change that needs to be made in your life and you've not done it yet maybe God has already spoken to you maybe it was years ago maybe you were a teenager what's the last thing God told you to do and maybe you're here today and you're frustrated because your relationship with him has seemed to be stagnant for years and you don't know why you don't understand why here's why probably he told you to do something years ago that you didn't do and guess what God does? He waits. He waits. It's time to do it. Maybe, like that widow, he's waiting for you to give something. Maybe, like Jesus telling the blind man, go and wash. The mud off of your face that I just put on your face. Maybe you need to go and wash. Maybe God has told you to go and repay someone that you stole from. Maybe God has told you how to restore a relationship and you haven't done it yet. It's time. James David, would you come? What's the last thing he told you to do? If you haven't done it. Maybe you're here today hoping God would present an opportunity for you. And like this woman, maybe you're at the city gate right now just hoping that God would present an opportunity for you to do something. A step of faith. To lay down something that God doesn't like. Or to pick up something and do something that God loves. What is it in your life that needs to be laid down? What is it in your life that God doesn't like? And you, you just got to say, God, from this moment on, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to choose that that is wrong. As you have said, and I'm going to do what I can to lay that down. And I ask you for help. You know, sometimes we need help to do that, right? Sometimes it's more than our willpower. Sometimes there's a physical grab to it. Maybe there's an addiction. Whatever it is, you need help. And the harder you fight to lay that down, the greater the reward. Do you believe that? God doesn't want you to just stop doing stuff. He wants you to start doing stuff for the kingdom and fill your life. Fill your life. To the fullest of what God created you for. And what's interesting here also is the widow believed God exists. She believed it. Look at her words. When Elijah showed up, she says, as surely as the Lord your God lives. She believed he existed. But God wanted her her to go to another level, didn't he? She needed to go beyond just believing he exists. She needed to believe he exists for her. She believed he exists, but God was looking for her to believe he was her God, too. To believe that he would bless her. To believe that he would reward her. And boy, he did. She baked that cake. She used the last bit of her flour and oil. And God provided for her abundantly. Miraculously. He'll do it for you. say that again he'll do it for you okay we're sitting here amen not talking from the mountaintop here I've seen too many real things happen in this world right his life is painful. His life is difficult. But I choose today to believe he'll do it for me. Do you choose to believe God is a good rewarder for you? He provided for this woman. Abundantly. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about money here. I sure that can be a part of it. I'm talking about everything in your life, especially that life. We got to get focused on that life. Right? So, let me read this real quickly. So, he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I could have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, Oh, and bring me too, please, a piece of bread. This is a demanding preacher, right? What was he doing? He was testing to see if this is the woman. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied. I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me ...from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says... Today is your day. What has God asked of you? What has He asked you to do? What has He asked you to stop doing? What has He asked you to start doing? Today is the day to take that next step. Today is the day to change for better. What change do you need to make? He's already told you. Ask Him to help you to remember if you've forgotten. Here's the question. Do you believe he's a God who rewards those who earnestly seek him? Go after the reward. Would you bow your heads? Take a moment and seriously look inside. What's the last thing God asked you to do? If you can find that, that's like finding a treasure in a field. Jesus said, if you find a treasure in the field, you go and sell everything you've got and buy that field. That's what a wise person would do. Father, what's the last thing you told me to do? That I haven't done yet. That's my next step. To change for the better. You are. My rewarder. I believe. Help me with my unbelief. So by faith today I will do to show that I believe. Even if all of my emotions don't line up with it I choose to believe in you. You are my rewarder. You are my provider. You are my sustenance. You are all I need. Father, I pray that as there are some here today that are struggling to lay down something, this world has chained them pray for deliverance right now you are the rewarder god you want us to run and not be weary to walk and not faint so i ask you god set us free whoever that may be set them free right now in the name of jesus God, we submit to who you are. You know what is good and pleasing and right. Help us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. To know that we can say what is bad is bad and good is good. And and do it in love. Not in hatred. Help us. Give us your wisdom and guidance. Thank you, Father. And now, Lord, that we have made these decisions to follow you closer, to seek you earnestly, we know that your reward and your blessing will follow. Bless us, O oh God. Bless us indeed. Expand our territory. Oh, that your hand would be upon us. Deliver us from evil that we may not cause pain. Thank you, Father, for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen.